DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Jimmy Wooten, what's up, bro? Hey. How are you doing? Good. So, man, I feel bad I hadn't reached out yet, but I'm glad I finally got you on, and I just now recently saw you play um, for the first time, actually, on a set here a couple weeks ago, and you're doing a lot of things, man, so let's talk about it. Yeah, man, it's, uh, things have been good lately. Yeah. Keeping busy. Yeah. Well, tell me how, um, so tell me how you transitioned into playing, you know, doing what you're doing now and kind of how you found your sound and dude, I want to talk about the whole journey. So let's, let's take it back to when you started. Like the beginning. Yeah, man. The beginning, beginning, man. All right. Well, my mom and dad played music for a living, uh, growing up when I was growing up. So they did it professionally until I was about 15 years old. Um, so I grew up playing, started playing drums when I was like two or three. Two or three. <laughs> just, I mean, I, I'm sure if you go, they got some old videos. I'm yeah. sure I wasn't so good, but, right, but I could carry a beat, you yeah. know, and, uh, and just would sit in with them and jam. And uh, they'd feature me at little festivals and stuff or wherever I could get in that they were playing. I'd sit in and play. Then I picked up guitar and just just always kind of played something, you know, so we grew up around the music. And, what uh, age do you think you picked guitar up at? I mean, I was playing some stuff when I was like seven or eight years okay. old, but not okay. like my dad. He gave me a guitar with like one string on it, yeah, and said, "You know, you can make some sound on one string, then we'll give you some more strings." <laughs> nice, you know, because nice. your fingers are hurt. You try to learn how to play guitar, your fingers are gonna yeah. hurt. It's yeah. gonna sound worse before it sounds better. But he just kind of started me on some little blues kind of riffs and stuff. And but I never really took it seriously until I was like thirteen or fourteen. Okay, uh, went went to high school. Went to Cato Magnet. Uh, I was in, in the jazz band, so I played multiple instruments in the jazz band there. Um, just picked it up and my first professional gig was on my own was playing drums okay straight out of high school I played drums for Joe Nato okay. he's a local blues guitarist yeah. he played with Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I mean he's kind of a local legend I was 17 years old touring as his drummer that kind of got me out making actual money you know for doing it for a living and just slowly transitioning to other instruments with other people and then singing and playing guitar writing yeah. songs this is the condensed version, but just... Hey, man, we got plenty of time. <laughs> you know, I was, I've been playing music for a living since 2001, so... Okay. It's It's been, a, I mean, a long journey. Um, but, you know, later in life, I, I toured with Neil McCoy for yeah. seven years as his bass player and played some of the biggest country music festivals you can imagine, played the Grand Ole Opry a lot of times. Uh, and then just last year, last May of 21, I was like, you know... I think it's time for me to go and do my own thing and get out there and just so I gave Neil my notice. I love, if I work for somebody else, I work for him. He's a great, great boss. Yeah. But uh I just thought it was time and ever since then stuff's been just kind of, you know, trucking along. Yeah. And so you've but it's interesting. So how many interesting uh how many in- instruments can you play? Like because you said you play multiple instruments. <laughs> well, uh my forte, my instrument sound would can that I play professionally would be Anything like remotely like a guitar, like, okay. uh, but mostly mostly guitar, bass guitar, drums, drums, okay, and then I sing obviously. Yeah, uh, but but I play keyboard. Like I own a recording studio, so when I'm producing other artists, if they can't afford like a real keyboard player, then yeah. I'll play the keys. But okay. I'm not going to do it in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I got> you. <laughs> you well, know? so I mean, it's just always interesting to me. Anyone who's musically inclined that can play multiple things, like you know. I've messed around with the guitar since I was like 12, but I'm never really that great. You know, I'm not going to play in public or anything, but I've always played, my family played guitar, you know, and sang and all that. So I was in the background and kind of taught myself, but I was never able to like play piano or play drums. Like, you know, just one of those things. I think I played saxophone in band, uh, like middle school, but I don't tell many people that, (laughs) but no man. But like, so, well, where did the singing come in? Like, so how does that come into play? To be a hundred percent honest, I always knew I had, you know, pitch. I mean, I could tell, I could hum along and sing, but like in high school, you know, we had battle the bands and stuff like that, different things. And, you know, everyone trying to find a singer and it seemed like everybody that was going to be a singer was like, had a bad attitude or like, there was something I was like, trying to find a singer is terrible. I was like, I'm just going to try to sing. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. It didn't sound so great to me, <laughs> but, uh, we won some contests at school, you know, I think we were playing, I sang like "Loser" by Three Doors Down. Yeah, and then I, and then on the flip side, I sang "Magic Carpet Ride" by Steppenwolf. Okay, yeah. I don't know, and just just did it, and it, you know, I've developed my voice over the years singing a lot, and 
sing with people better than me, play with people better than me. I've always had a, a plethora of older, experienced musicians that have helped kind of, whether they're teaching me something, I'm just soaking it up like a sponge. Yeah. I mean, still to this day, I mean, you, you can learn something at any point in time, you know. Yeah. Um, um, getting inspired by others, and well, that, that helps you grow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel like that's in any any outlook on life. Like, if you're you're around people that are better than you, it's going to shape you, mold you, and also help you find your way. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you keep bad company, it, it <laughs> may go the other way, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you uh, – so you were tour – you've been toured with Neil for years, and, and that's just pure 90s country right there. I mean, so, like – you, um, you know, me just hearing you the other day, I was like, dude, holy shit, because I'm a huge blues fan. You don't hear a lot of, like, there's not many, many people who have that anymore, you know, especially coming out as a new artist. So, like, where did you find that, that it, like, that whole style of music? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I cut my teeth playing blues, classic rock, and country. Yeah. That's what my mom and dad played. Um, like I said, like, my, my first drum gig was with Joe Nato, who's a great blues player. Right. But, you know... I've kind of found my sound through the years. Like uh, my first EP I put out was entitled Shine. Shine's my single. It's kind of a blues rock tune. But what I realize is that everything that I do is based in the roots that music comes from, which yeah. would be blues, you know, country, bluegrass, gospel, you know, yeah. R&B, uh, even gospel hymns, you know, and it's all closely related. And when I was growing up, I didn't realize Americana was a genre. No, no one told me that. I mean, like my dad, we listened to Steve Earle, you know, or just different people that were totally, totally in that are Americana yeah. artists. And by definition, it's music that comes from American roots, you right? Know? Um, and so my newer stuff that I put out, it it doesn't it doesn't get too far away from the blues because I'm rooted in that. But uh, you know. I'm definitely an Americana artist yeah. as far as my original stuff goes, you know, um, just developing that sound over the years. I realized that there's a common thread with my sound and I have a raspy voice. Um, it's gotten raspier in my older years because I've, I've sang a lot of shows. Yeah. I like it. It's part of my sound, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, it signifies what you're going for there. So, but yeah, uh, but I, I mean, I've authentically been in, in a reggae band, you know, I've, I've been in all types of genres yeah. and long enough to really just feel part of it and it's all part of me so like my goal is to flood a bunch of music this year uh, I was having a, meet, a phone meeting earlier uh, about the next single I'm going to record and uh, it's a little edgier than what I just put out and just want to keep it can keep you it. talk about it any or is that kind of uh, no I, I, I can I haven't made a decision on it yet okay so, okay well um, what are you what are you tossing around what are you thinking about well I just put out a song on Valentine's Day called yeah. Lay You Down yeah it's it's you know it's it's I like it's a feel good song mm -hmm. um, and I've got about four or five more that are similar vibe and I know people are really liking it like I actually got picked up by um, a couple editorial playlists on Spotify like actual Spotify nice. playlists that's my first time it's ever happened for me which is a big thing and you're um, unsigned, right? You're just oh yeah, pure independent. Kind of independent. And now I haven't sought anybody out. That's a whole other discussion. No, but yeah, yeah. but but trying to figure out what I want to put out because some people know me as a guitar player, you know, like playing the blues stuff and just ripping or jamming the guitar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And some people know me from when I played with Neil McCoy and they followed me. They know me from different things, but I'm all those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're toying between a couple of different songs. One of them's, you know, kind of a love song, sort of like the one I just released. Um, it's a funny, true story. Okay. Uh, and the other one is more of a heartbreak kind of story. And it's got some more R&B and like blues to it. I don't know, yeah. but but st still, still me though. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of finding out what, because in the grand scheme of things, I don't say this right. The common thread to me as a person, as an artist, as a husband, and a father, is I care what my family thinks, and I want to take care of my family. Uh, that's my main goal in life. I play music for a living, and I love what I do for a living, but it's it's all to take care of my family at this point because I could have fun if me and you picked the guitars up and just hung out. Right. I could pick around and have fun and enjoy that. But uh, to get to do that for a living, but coming to the realization that well, I just saw a buddy of mine. You know David Daniels? Yeah. 
uh, he posted on Facebook. I, I can't quote it because I just looked at it, but he quoted. He said something something about doing the things that you want to do because you want to do them, not because you're wondering if it's what somebody else wants you to do. Gotcha, yeah. And that's, you know, when you get you become a signed artist, people are breathing down your neck, the label, like, you sound like this, but we want you to do yeah, this. Yeah, that's one of those things, and, yeah. But at the same time, you do need to figure out what it is you want to do. And sometimes what you want to do, there's a certain section of that that the fan base likes, and you maybe kind of hammer on that and stay in that realm song-wise, you know? But I've come to the realization now that I want to do what I want to do, and the people that don't like it can listen to somebody else. And I mean that in the most respectful way. You know what I mean? I'm finding out who I am as an artist and as a person. So this little confusion of which song we should put out, there's really not a wrong answer to it. Right, because the other one's probably coming behind it at some point anyways, right? You're still going to release it. (laughs) The goal is to put out three three singles, four at the most, and then a full-length record. Okay, got you. Yeah, I mean, it's just been so cool. So the other night when I heard you play, like, I was getting full-on, like, um, I mean, you were doing all the blues, but, like, you remind me of Tab Benoit. You know him? Oh, of yeah, course. So He's Tab. one of my favorites. Yeah, I love him, dude, but, like, uh, you're just, you're well-rounded, and, and so you're playing different tunes, but your skill on the guitar, and then you say you're, you're a drummer, too. It's like, those things are, they're hard to find in the, like, the genre that you've kind of pushed to. It's like, you're kind of your own unicorn. And, you know, I've listened to your sound. I just was listening to some of your music, uh, the past few days before I wanted to have you on. And I was like, I've seen you, you know, what you're talking about. I've seen it kind of, de- I hear it develop. Right. And like you're in your own lane. So like when you talk to people that are into, like first off, the music industry has changed so much in the past 10 years. Anyways, like, so there's so many of you guys out there are independent, unsigned, but so many of these people have taken off and you know, seen that and you can use multiple examples of multiple genres of these people who have oh, yeah. done it. So it's like making the decision to, hop on a boat with someone and then have them alter your sound to fit someone or just staying in your lane and grinding a little bit harder until you work that way up yourself and you don't have to share that with anyone else, you know what I mean? Well, that's like, I was telling my wife, and uh, so I'm not I'm not signed, but I have partnered up with a label right. uh, called Tough Luck Records. Okay. They're a startup label uh, owned by a friend of mine, and he's out of South Carolina, but nothing's inked. We're not, he... We do we do things for each other, you know yeah, what I'm right. saying? And uh, he he's been booking me out of town shows and stuff. But so I'm not just one man in it all, you right. know, because it, it's hard. I've yeah, always it's a lot of work. Most people don't know that either. We got to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but like I was telling my wife, I don't really care to be famous to the point where you can't go to Walmart or yeah. shopping without somebody doing something. But I don't want any bigger success if I have to sacrifice family. If I have to be on tour for two months without my family, I'm not going to do it. If I sign a record deal that says I have to honor, you'll play a 200 shows in a year, and every one of those days I'd be doing a radio interview at a radio station exactly. with a DJ. You know, uh, you, that's a major sacrifice. Yeah. And at what cost? You know what I mean? Like to me, I own every everything that I have. I own. We own my my equipment. You know. I own my own recording studio, The Lightning Room, my hat. That's my studio here in town. So I track almost everything there, and I'll hire someone to mix it and master it, you know, so I don't have to do that. But uh, I'm playing on almost all my stuff. Uh, my new single, I'm playing every instrument on it, really? ex- except for the keys. Nice. Um, but my, my point is, is I'd like to, if I'm going to build an empire, whatever size it turns out to be, it's for me and for my family. And if I, and, if, and, I'll never do anything to sacrifice. It doesn't yeah. matter what the number on the bottom line says on a contract. I just, just because not not to get too far into it, but people will say, well, they don't really know because they'll see you play in Key Mexico, like you saw me play, yeah. you know, whatever. And I'm just, sometimes I'm just the guy in the corner, just people playing guitar, but I'll tell them some things I've done and, you know, tell them about me and my family and just let them know that, you know, this is what I actually do full time. Yeah, this, not is not, this is not a side hustle. This is like my full-on, I'm professional. Like, but, this is what I do. Exactly, but they'll be like, well, are you trying to make it? Or you ever thought about being on The Voice? Or it's something, some uh, some yeah, of that. Yeah. And I'll tell them, to me, I've already made it because I support my family solely doing what I love, playing music. Granted, the next step up would be all every show I play would be a concert. Somebody pays to see me play a 90 minute concert where I do mostly my music and then only I still play covers I think covers are fun Yeah. but that would be the ultimate dream at some point is to only get paid to play my music but who cares you know I 
I have a hustle mentality and we could probably have like six of these little yeah. sessions, yeah. but, but like when I see people complain about the lack of success they're having and talking bad about other people, mm-hmm. they don't realize you don't wake up. I mean, some people have woken up and got discovered. It doesn't happen very often. Though. There's usually years of sacrifice, yeah. you know, so I'm willing to put in the work, but I'm not going to sacrifice my family. And, you know, I'm happy with that. Well, most people too, like they're confused about how it works. And I, you know, the process is, is shifted a lot. Right. So like, right. you know, over the years it was like, okay, you got to work in these dive bars and these festivals and these things. And then finally you'll get discovered, you know, or right. you got to go on a show. Like when American Idol come out, you got to go on the voice, you know, mm-hmm. and then finally you'll make it. But what these people don't realize is even those people that are auditioned for those shows, they're already successful musicians. A lot of them, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like those things are like it's so far fetched to believe that someone you have to go to that level to basically satisfy someone's expectations. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's just it's 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 off putting how people are about that, and I and I can see where that happens because like okay, well, you're playing in this this little place, but you're playing there because you love that place. It's not because you have to. You know what I mean? Like you're not dependent upon playing there. You're like I'll, I'm I like to do local shit because this is where I'm from, and I like to support this area. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like I've been playing out of town more and more. Yeah. Like this week I'm playing, like a, I'm playing a duo, acoustic and bass. My, my sister playing bass at Rayburn Country Resort. It's down by Sam Rayburn in Brooklyn, Texas. Yeah, okay, yeah. St. Patty's Day dude, cel- a, celebration. A major fishing area down there. I know, but every time I go down there, I'm not fishing. Yeah. I, wish I, was. Not, I do, I do. I'm a, I'm a big fish. Okay. Bass fishing. But, yeah. but, uh, but then I'm playing at Key here in town with, with the trio and then Saturday we're playing in Longview uh, at a Lone Star Ice House with, with with the trio, but yeah, I mean to me, and people, people, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. But I've, I'll say this too, like 2020, you know, shocked the whole world. Never thought in, in our lifetime something would be weird like that, where all of a sudden you can't go to work. Yeah. Especially in my line of work. Well, what did you do during that time? Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, talk about that. So I was playing with Neil McCoy. Yeah. Uh, Neil still had some shows. We played some places that were deep Texas yeah. or, or, or Montana yeah. or Idaho. You know, where, I mean. They were, they were ignoring those uh, mandates and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just wanting to work. We're right. not, we didn't want to endanger anybody. Right, exactly. I, I mean, mean t- typically those are still outside. I mean, we keep something. our distance from people. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know. But, but uh, I started doing Facebook Lives. One thing, like we're doing this right now, we didn't plan this. You didn't yeah. send me any questions to think about. No, I mean, no. we're just hanging out, you know. But like, I was always worried well, about I shouldn't do a Facebook Live. What if it doesn't sound good? What if it doesn't, you know, I can't fix it while I'm playing? I was like, you know, I just put a mic, one microphone in the room, yeah. would play acoustic and sing and talk to people. And I gained a lot of fans that way. And then we put up, you know, Cash App and Venmo and yeah. tip, you know. And made some good tips, and I would sell my T-shirts, like hold up my merch and sell them during the live feed and stuff. And uh, I mean, it's it's amazing to think that a lot of my friends like lost houses and cars and things, and like my family did fine. I mean, if we think back to maybe like if there was a number I'm thinking in my head of what I would have made if I had been still doing all this. Of course, yeah. But but you know what? God's got a plan, yeah. and it it isn't always on our time or. or the way we wanted to work out, but I truly think that you know I was working hard and he kept my family afloat. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up too because so many, so many artists just kind of hung it up during that time too. If you think yeah. about that, mm-hmm. especially ones who who were kind of in the middle there, you know, already right. discovered but not you know mainstream. You know, the mainstream was like, okay, well I'm all free or whatever, you know. Right. But like it's like I applaud you on that because I did notice that transition few artists doing that and a lot of them are still doing that you know kind of keeping yeah. that that flow going to where they can kind of interact but to go back to that it's real it's like not scripted you're not one bit. like even if oh shit i missed you know i missed the chord while i'm playing oh well you know it's like it's real and you're you're actually able to connect with people so the the good thing i mean good and bad that come out of that the bad is like we weren't able to be hang out but i realized to take that time just like still doing these but doing a lot of them via zoom Right, and it steals the conversation, especially if you're just listening to the audio and not watching the actual videos. Right, I mean, either way, it's still conversation. But being able to like physically still connect or like you know virtually still connect with people, 
and, you know, feel it, you know, and feel the love and then answer questions, get a little more personal. That stuff's authentic, man. And a lot of people just didn't go that route. They just said, oh, my career's finished, you know, because, and another thing, they probably were dependent upon a team, you know. And you got to pay that team. Exactly. And then, because, like, <clears throat> some of my friends, I won't say any names, but they're, you know, played for some big country artists. Yeah. And some of those artists kept them on a pay, payment retainer, even though they didn't have shows for a long time. And that, but several of them at different times, at, tw- at one point, had to say, look, we have to cut the retainer off. And these people are probably millionaires. Yeah. But still, still a lot of costs, man. More money, more problems, exactly. man. You know what I'm saying? You, you, can, you got more bills and more overhead. I mean, if you own a tour bus, or three or four, the maintenance on those alone. I mean, it's it's just yeah. And you're not having shows to come in and cover those costs the whole time. But you got to think some of these artists sell fifty to two hundred thousand dollars in merch every show. That's still insane to me. That's one thing that I've noticed. I'm glad you brought that up too. That's one thing I've noticed. Like our times have completely changed over the course of you know how how we interact, how we do things publicly, how we take in information, how we consume concerts just it, it, but that's still one thing that's kind of held true it's like you make a shitload of money off your merch like and like if you go to these concerts and like especially if like you have like a big artist like at the at any big venue and you go there like Garth Brooks or something yeah. you're gonna pay fucking $70 for a t-shirt you know what I mean yeah. and people pay yeah. for it and you know so like um, there's other people around here that have merch yeah but there's a lot of them that play that don't have merch no there's a lot that don't and my thing is, or they have it, but they don't set it up when they play at a restaurant. I'll play some of the Mexican restaurants in town, yeah. including Key, but I'll play like at, at San Miguel on yeah. Bar, on Barksdale or on Benton. You just played Monzones the other night, too. Yeah. I love that little spot, man. So so I will literally, I have a, 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 some vintage suitcases that my wife got an estate sale a long time ago. They're yellow, like vintage looking. Yeah. One's about this big, the other one's about like that. And I will set up, I have three shirts on one and two different ones on another, two hats, uh, koozie CDs. I, I basically bring like a retail store to a Mexican restaurant, and I play <laughs> to the corner. And I, I tell people about it too, you know, because it's like they will assume that you are hired to be the background music right. at the restaurant, and they will ignore you if you don't tell them who you are. Talk to them. I did. I, I'm glad you brought that up too. I did notice that we were in Mexico. Like a lot of times, people don't do that. You're, you're then again, you're connecting with your audience right there. Like just that one simple thing makes people pay attention. My thing is. And, like, one of my, I mean, I, well, like I said, I'm at the point now where I don't really, not that I don't care, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna worry myself with everybody else's opinion because I know who I am. But one of, my, one of my favorite people of all time is Michael Jordan. Okay. I mean, so I'm 38 years old, okay. so I was alive and watching his games when he was winning championships. Yeah. Uh, old, old enough to understand and be competitive. But... I got it then. I mean, I had all the sneakers, and I mean, I'm wearing Jays right now. Nice, but, but but you know what I'm saying. But but he inspired me growing up. And what kid didn't want to be like Mike at some point? If you were, you know what I'm saying. But later in life, like, and during 2020, and I I got off topic. I got ADD. We're gonna dude, it's we're, fine. We're dude, gonna reel it. That's what's about. And we're gonna reel it back that's what in. It's about, dude. But during 2020, pre 2020, I was getting kind of jaded. I played music for a long time. I realize it's like I'm touring Neil McCoy, but I'm still playing the same little restaurants in Shreveport when I'm not. It's like I haven't done this, and why is so-and-so doing this? And I, I was looking at other people and, and feeling jealousy. It's an yeah. honest thing. And sometimes people in Shreveport have the hardest time giving their buddies credit. Man, it's a weird market, man. But I've caught a lot of shade on just doing this what, little thing, That's man. what I'm saying. But, but, but what I'm getting at is during that 2020, all the, the hustle and thing I was doing – it stopped for a little bit. Had time off with the family, mm-hmm. just at, at the house, and I still work a little bit. And I had time to just kind of marinate on everything I've done in life. And then the last dance came out, the the, the Bulls documentary. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Then I watched it again. Watched it about five times in a row, just Re- back to back to back. Reignited the flame, didn't it, dude? And <laughs> so it, it sparked me buying sneakers, yeah. which my wife probably wasn't super, super happy about at first, but. She's okay with it now, but you know, but, but it's not. The point is, is like Michael Jordan's mentality was when he was first in college, he wanted to be the best, and they were telling him, "You have to work harder than anybody else." And he took that to heart, yeah. and he did that. He worked harder than anybody else his whole career, and eventually is basically the goat in basketball. You know, 
And it's not just about that, but like when you watch it, you watch other interviews. My goal is to work harder than anybody else. I don't want to be, I don't, not to be better than you. Yeah. But I know that I'm, I want to go to sleep at night knowing that what I was, while I did whatever I did, I did it to the fullest. So if I'm playing at a, at a restaurant in Shreveport, I'm bringing my merch and setting it up. I'm going to tell you about all the things that I've done. If kids come up and request songs, I'm going to give them some of my guitar picks and my name on it. I'm going to hand out business cards to every table on the break, every break. So I don't really get a break. And then, you know, I tell them to tip tip the staff. If you got any left over, you know, this is my tip jar or whatever. And I just constantly do that and let them know more and more about me and my family and stuff. And by the end of the night, I feel like I've made friends yeah. with the crowd. And, you know, they tip better. They'll buy my merchandise. And, yeah, it'd be nice if I sold out a theater somewhere mm-hmm. to 600 to 4,000 people. But if you play a restaurant and connect with them and I play my original songs in between the covers and they like it and they buy my stuff and they tip it, it's a good feeling that I feel like I've worked as hard as I can. Yeah, you're not just going in there just playing. You're branding yourself at the same time. But I used and to do that. A connection. I used to right, do that. And a lot of people do. They get caught in a, okay, there's so many local artists and not here anywhere. They just get caught playing those gigs and realize that they're dependent upon those little gigs, and they just kind of lose sight of what the focus is, or maybe the focus shifts, and they're just they're drinking the whole time and playing, and not so much worried about the next step. Right. Or you have the side tour, like you said before, twenty twenty hit, where you were playing here locally when you weren't on tour, but you had at some point realized, okay, I'm ready to take it to the next level, right. and to be able to grow myself, I have to quit being on tour and use that time to go you know, abroad and play and is what's doing the, doing the exact same thing yeah. you're doing here, but doing it in other places. And there's any younger artist that, that ever has a question for me. I mean, if they're listening to this podcast and want to hit me up on any of my social media stuff, I'm always willing to lend an ear and a helping hand and tell you some things I wish I had done different because, but what it comes down to is working harder to get better than anybody else is going to work. Cause yeah. if you're not willing to put in the work and work, just, I mean, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice in that, you know, and finding the balance, you know, like sometimes at the, at the house, you know, putting the phone on do not disturb and just saying, okay, work time's over. Dude. It's just me and you and the kids now. We're hanging out. Sometimes my wife will remind me, she's like, we're watching a show. We're hanging out together at the house. We're not, we're not doing work. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to put it down. Dude, I've had to swallow that pill hard. It's because, tough. Uh, I got married and we have kids and it's like. I've realized that it's so much more cleansing and beneficial to just shut it off when you're there. Oh, yeah. And whenever you're all there to connect and then just find the times when to turn it on, you know, after they go to two. But after they go to sleep, you know. um, How old are they? Six and seven. Okay, well, mine are four and two, both boys. But they're, I mean, there's a lot of time. It requires a lot of time. And a lot of people, like you said, they, you know, if they consume themselves with this and, you know, kind of lose sight of why they're doing it, you know why you're doing it. So, I mean, you know, you know your why already. Now it's just, you know, capitalizing on the why, you know? Yeah, I mean, 100%, because it's, it made me grow up a lot. Getting married made me grow up a lot. And then us, you know, having having our first and buying a house, and there's more riding on it. But still, like, I had a fire lit under me after 2020 that I never had before. I mean, I've always, maybe I did at one point, but I, got, I really did get jaded. I mean, it's so easy to get jaded. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens to everybody. I feel like I had, I feel like I got jaded in the work thing where I was just complacent. You know, I'm always hustling, always. like, But still, it was like, man, let me take this time to figure out how to grow this thing, which was great for this podcast. Like, had 2020 not happened, I probably wouldn't have took it to the next level with guests. You know, like, yeah. reaching out to people that I just knew were going to say no, but I was like, well, shit, they're all at home right now, too. This right. is probably the best time yeah. to catch them. Yeah. And so that's how I started. Like, I was like, okay, well, let me reach out to this person. Had I not done that, this thing probably wouldn't have lasted as long as I probably, I would have lost momentum and said, okay, well, it's right. not going where I'm going, you know? So it happens, man, but it's it's just like something, a, flitch, a switch has to flip, but at the same time, you got to have that worth ethic, man. And that's another thing you're talking about, being the hardest worker in the room. Like, dude, yeah. I preach that all the time because people – I mean, you either got it or you don't, man. It just is what it is. No. Like you can't you can't watch a motivational video, wake up and just go. You either got to have it or not, you know. Yeah, sometimes you got to. Like I've always had the drive. I right. mean, if I look back and like just try to, I've tried to write down like all the things I've done to make like you know, not a necessarily a bio, but like a list of things I've done. And like I've forgotten a lot of the things that I've done, you know. And it's you realize I really was hustling back then. Yeah. 
I was I was out there playing. I mean, shoot, when I was barely old enough to be in a bar playing, when downtown was a little bit more like live music oriented yeah. uh, at one point, because there was at least four or five bars that had live music. So I would play back when Alligator Joe's was open. Yeah, I forgot what it's called now. It was overtime for Dude, a while. I don't even so know if you, what you have like two places down here that has live music now. Maybe uh, there's Fatties and yeah. uh, Noble. And Noble's not open. Oh, they're not open. Mm-hmm. Dude, they didn't make it through the. I didn't even. I, no, that they, they. I don't. I heard there's talks of them. Oh, dude, I used to love up. the blues night going there. The blues night, dude. But but I would play ten to two. Yeah. At a bar, and then I play two to six at another bar. Shit. I did that for yeah, years. That, that's right. That's right. Because you get two gig get two gigs yeah. in a night, our, man. When I tell people our bars don't close till six or don't have to close till six, they're like, "What?" It's like, yeah, nothing good happens after dude, two o'clock. No, it doesn't, it, dude. It does not. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but but yeah, I mean, it 2020 changed me. It really did. And then, you know, like, as cliche as it sounds, but, like, you know, watching that Last Dance documentary, I was looking at, like, just applying it to my – I'm a basketball fan, too. But applying it to my life and then looking at other people that I see that are being successful in what they're doing, you know. And uh, it's like – but, you know, people that are – Successful in my in my line of work because you know obviously you know when you're when Michael Jordan is the pinnacle of athleticism you know and and then fame because of it that I mean I can apply it but like there's when I see a, another artist or someone who's a maker of something something you know someone an entrepreneur trying to do something I can you know take from them because it's more relatable to me yeah. and I just realized that I wasn't doing it right and. I leave every day when I'm going to the gig at the smallest little hole in the wall place that I'm going to make the best of this day. When yeah. I when I get done every time, my wife will say, "How'd it go?" And I'll say, "Sometimes it's better for different reasons. Sometimes I make more tips than you than I would have imagined making at that gig. Yeah. That must mean they really like me, and I didn't sell one shirt. Yeah. Sometimes I played at San Miguel off Benton Road and sold twelve shirts at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And like you'd think I was at a concert and they were loving my stuff. And it's like, but sometimes you don't make a lot of tips or sell anything, but two or three people were blown away by it. And then they follow you on social media or something. And they come and see and bring 20 people to see you the next time. Yeah. So, but if you, if you go in with a bad attitude and, and being negative, it's just, you're not utilizing, you know what I mean? Instead no, you're just not, you're not, you're not walking in with your fullest, the, most potential, right? There's, like you're, you're literally yeah. shooting yourself in the foot for even walking the door. I feel like now there's energy in the most dead room you can imagine. Oh, yeah. There's energy in there. It's just untapped. you got to find it. Somebody in there is going to like something you're going to do <clears throat> or something you're going to say or, I, I don't know, I want to be a positive influence, how, whatever I can do. Yeah. If it's When it's entertaining people uh, and whatever, and it's just, it's been working out for me. And, you know, it might all change next week and I might not make any tips or sell anything and gigs might slow down but I'm still going to give it my all yeah. you know what I mean I, I'm yeah. trying to grow but I'm, I'm I'm happy we're happy as a family where we're at and I feel like that's just what it's about you know well a lot of people never find that man it's hard. they lose sight of something they lose sight and focus on just the getting get into the the top there and don't even you know I feel like once you realize that you can like bask in the journey, right. it makes that journey so much better. You know, reflect on all the things. You know, instead mm-hmm. of just it being a blur to the top, and then right. you get to the top and left all this behind that was there the whole time you didn't even see. Yeah, it, it's it's all about that. You know, the the, the journey. Yeah. And just, I'm excited. You, I about mean, it. dude, you, you got your second win. You're rolling now. Yeah, man. It's funny. It's like. I was like, why couldn't I be like this when I was 22? Hey, dude, that's how I'm 38 years old. I say the same shit to myself. I don't time. feel 38. I mean, I feel yeah. I feel like I'm I feel like I have more energy than teenagers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm 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 kicking, but still, it's just like I don't think I was ready for the responsibility till now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's also my God having a, a plan that's for the long haul and not necessarily in your time. Right. It doesn't. You know, whatever somebody believes, you know, that's up to them. But but just. Being able to see the big picture and how things, you got that more responsibility when you were ready. Yeah. We waited until we were in our 30s to have kids. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, 
I know I would have taken care of that, a baby if I had one when I was 21, but I'm so glad I didn't. But you wouldn't have been your best capable. You wouldn't right. have your best capable mindset or, yeah. you know, physical or whatever, you know, would be yeah, monetarily. Yeah. You just, yeah. yeah, you made the responsible decision. <laughs> I know I was a, le- a really late bloomer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Getting better shape now that I'm older. I'm better shape now than I was when I was younger, yeah, you know, you know, and, and doing more things. But I mean, hey. Same here, dude. I feel like I caught my just a complete life turnaround after 30. And it's just like, you know, yeah. Like you, you just, I don't know, stuff starts coming in perspective. <laughs> it just, it's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. So tell me about, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, we, were, we mentioned this earlier, um, like the whole beside, behind the scenes of booking, even though you said you have someone that's, you know, helping you out a little bit, and you're, you're helping them out, whatever, but like just the whole process, because so many people, I always love talking about this because so many people don't understand the grind of constantly trying to keep yourself booked uh, make sure you can make a show. The travel expenses incurred and all that. All the hustle. Yeah. Uh, so most anything in the region, I book. Because, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time, so my name's out. I'll get a call from somebody that I haven't talked to in 10 years. I've had to keep the same phone number. That's key. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> but I, do, I feel like every other day someone texts me, I got a new phone. I'm like, so now I have their name in what year? Yeah. And some, some of my friends, <laughs> they have like six different ones in the last five. Oh, anyway, shit. that ain't good for business. But but uh, just the guy uh, from Tough Luck Records has been, he's booking me, looking for out-of-town stuff, opening slots for national acts, just different things. Um, and... It is. It's a constant grind, but I, I've been doing it for so long that now, I don't have to. I don't. If if I'm in the region, I don't have to, just beat down doors. Okay. And I was made, making a list. There's like ten places here in town I don't play. I literally. And I don't know why. I just haven't. You, you haven't reached well, out, mean, or they haven't reached out. Well, I mean, I've got my spots that I that I, I like, yeah. and I believe. One thing I always preach is. Obviously, things could be certain better in Shreveport, Bossier, different things. Dude, but, I mean, everyone's, yeah. But I mean, when someone says, there's nothing here, I want to tell, I, I want to say something that might not be the right thing, but I, what I would do instead, I preach this when I'm playing. I heard you show. say the other night. Yep. I do it every time when I, unless I'm just, I don't know, just about every time you'll hear yeah. me say that there's a lot of bright spots and that from uh, the local breweries, you know, from Great Raft and Seven Tap. Key Mexico. Boys over there, seventh tap too. Love those and guys. then and the whole East Bank district. Yeah, dude. Everything that Bo Gosh, and them are doing over there, it's we killer. gotta talk about that too. The new stage is awesome. I haven't played on it yet, but I'm about to. I know. Let's talk about that. But 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 to finish up the the whole yeah. behind the scenes thing, you know, I just I just ordered like eleven by seventeen posters that have a blank spot you can write in the date, and I can mail it out to out of town venues. Little handbill size flyers like. Uh, my business cards that I, that I hand out, I had, had to reorder all that. You know, I'm like having to order merch and then like, you got to worry about the stock of the merch. Like, well, oh yeah, by the way, thanks for the shirt. Oh yeah, no worries, man. Check this thing out. That's the, my little logo. That's the logo. It's one of them. I, I, I like it. I like simple. Yeah, man. I like it simple and clean. Heck yeah. But, but, but yeah, so just trying to keep stock on all that and everything and like, you know, my wife's the organized, really organized when she's you know, graphs, numbers, if we if we buy a piece of furniture has to be put together, she reads the instructions and then we put it together. <laughs> Me, I come up with three or four things like I don't think this was necessary. Yeah, get halfway through it and one panel's backwards or something. Yeah, shit. It, I've it, happened to me before. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but but yeah, it's it's when you're up there playing music, you feel like you're not working. To me now, I don't feel like I've, I'm just having fun every time I play, whether I'm on a stage or stuffed in the corner, but. It is twenty four seven. That's not saying you got to turn it off. Like, yeah. yeah. Unless it's an emergency that comes through, like, hey, something got canceled, or you know, I'll check some notifications. But if I look at my phone at ten o'clock at night, I'm, it gets my brain back working again. I'm like thinking, I have to just turn it off. I'm the same way, man. And, and here's the thing: if you're, if you're, it depends on what you want to do. Like, if that's your thing, where you you have a goal and you don't have a family and you want to mm. focus on that, then grind your ass off. I I was doing it the whole time. I mean, yeah. I know how it works, but. Right. Like, you got to reflect on the things that matter to you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about, so you, you don't have to grind that much as far as finding gigs around here, but let's talk about back in the day when you did. How did, how did that operation work? Well, so having my mom and dad play music for a living in this town, people s- still knew them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they were still playing some gigs out whenever I was playing gigs out. So we were, like, gigging at the same time oh, okay, at cool. different venues, yeah. you know. But uh, I just, I would go to every jam sit in with people and let them see me play multiple instruments and then so for a long time I was 
the fill-in guy. I'd play drums, bass, or guitar every night, different instrument with a different band, playing songs I don't even know. And that's how I got my my name out there. Okay. Just always, always playing and not trying to show off to show off, but to, to show off what I can do so it'll gain me work like a you know, a live calling card. Uh but yeah, I would I would I'd reach out to places and you say you pick a you st- just started playing, you can you think you're good enough to play out a gig. You find a venue, find their booking email, you email it. The no. different person's booking. Yeah. It's not even that person anymore. Yeah. You call and they say, well, you call back at seven when so-and-so the shows up. Here. Yeah. Then you call back <laughs> from the manager. They say, well, actually, we started using this other guy. We don't have his number yet. Call back tomorrow at five. This other guy's got his number. I mean, it, it is just, and it's, it's still that way when you're trying to reach out to an out-of-town venue. Like uh, my booking guy reached out to Magnolia Motor Lounge in, in Fort Worth. It's mm-hmm. pretty legendary. It's a dive bar, but it's a legendary place. He reached out about me opening for someone and I don't know if they open the email or not. They get tons of emails. But through a connection I have, uh, Josh Weathers, who's actually coming to play uh, there at, at Hurricane Alley okay. uh, in June, which I'm playing with him that day, awesome. too. But uh, I met, I know some of their band guys, and they got me to open up for them. So I played Magnolia Motor Lounge that way. So you can send emails 10 times, but if you know the one guy that knows right. somebody, you know, hence being positive all the time, shaking hands, introducing yourself meeting people you never know the one drunk guy at the corner of the bar might actually be a connection 10 years down the road that gets you you never know who knows who man I've been been floored of how networking and growing you know my network of just like you gotta keep even though that person doesn't look like they're anybody significant to what you're trying to do right dude you never know who someone knows (laughs) yeah I mean yeah for sure 100% it's it's yeah, so it, it's always been a grind. Mm-hmm. It's still a grind, but I don't. The only the only breathing room that I would say I have now is that as far as having enough work to make money to support my family, like I want to, mm-hmm. and be able to actually enjoy myself too, and not be money crunching. Uh, you know, people are calling me for gigs, and I only reach out to two or three people, and they would already call me anyway, but. When you got 30 guys wanting gigs or right. girls too, you know, wanting gigs here in town, if you don't text them, they may forget. So they'll skip you for a month, not intentionally. Uh, I've missed a few months at Key Mexico before, and, and Rodrigo was like, Man, we got to get you back in here. You know, I was like, oh, I forgot. You know, yeah. you know, I forgot to text you. He forgot to text me, you know. Uh, so yeah, but it's it's constant, you know, like I'm, I'm going to schedule a day this week to go through my phone and figure out what holes I have in my calendar between now and June to fill. There's not a lot, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but still, if you lack, if you lacks up for a week or two or three, you may you're gonna miss out. Yeah, I mean it's a build up because you're building something up far far out, and if you just miss those couple yeah. weeks, the next thing you know, you're you're at yeah. that time filling gigs, and you could have had more time to plan them. It just works. I mean, it's just how it works, man. It's, it's like a time management thing too. That's the hardest shit for a lot of people too. Like, uh, yeah. I I figured it out early on, but like that was the one thing like that makes or break people right there. Like it literally will. It, it, it breaks me every other week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, I, my wife is the list queen. I mean, when I say she's my better half, she really is. I mean, I already play music for a living, but, you know, I owned, like, two or three shirts, a couple pair of pants, like a pair of slip-on vans. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, but in my defense, my house had flooded, lost everything. Damn. And then we rented a studio downtown. When did this happen? Uh, in 09 ish. Okay. Is when we had that tornado and this church steeple fell off the Methodist church down there on yeah. Texas Street. Yeah. Oh, that okay. same storm okay, yeah. flooded waist deep water in my house Damn. and my studio. Man. Lost it all. Just about lost everything. Uh, and then over on Marshall Street, uh, right by the courthouse, there was a little studio in there, no gear in there, and we leased it. A sprinkler burst on the third Gosh, floor, flooded man. all God. of our stuff. And whatever didn't get wet the first time, got wet that time. Luckily, no, nothing was turned on. So I had a professional, like, electronics person take it all apart, clean it, dry it out, and one or two things broke after right. that. But still, just dealing with all that. Uh, so when I when I met my wife in 2010, I was playing in Stiff Neck Fools, the reggae band. Yeah, I, I didn't know you played. I was a founding member of it. I know. I I, I, I've members. just heard of them. I think I guess I see y'all. Saw y'all play at some point in time, probably uh, drinking out. Well, you know. we were playing a, a Tuesday night jam at Noble Savage with Dan Sanchez. That's, that's where I pa- saw you play then. Definitely. So was, he had passed away. 
he's passed away years ago now, but we st- I was the bass player for Stiff Neck Fools okay. and we started it. Then I quit. Um, and when Dan Sanchez got cancer, I came back and played guitar. I was playing a tiki bar. And that's how I met my wife. They were She was coming to reggae night. And then once once we met and started uh, dating, I quit <laughs> and left left, left that yeah. weekly bar gig. Cause I, <laughs> I, you know. But anyway, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, ever since then, I've become a little more organized. Uh, but it took a long time. Yeah. So she, when I say she's my better half, it's 100% true, you know. Um, if I could be as organized as her, there's no telling what I could accomplish. I'm working on that. Yeah, man, it's a trade-off, dude. It's taken <laughs> me, man, it's taken me, like, years to figure out the calendar thing. But my wife would be like, we got this. I told you about it. I'm like, dude, you got to put that shit on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, it's so, I know that's super formal to be even personalized stuff. But, dude, like, it comes down to literally breaking down every single hour of my day. So, I'm like, send me an email invitation on my calendar. That way I can put it there. Because if not, I will forget about that shit. Like, yeah. just will, man. Yeah. We have a little calendar that it's some kind of app. I forgot what it's called, but you can do this grocery list and all kind of stuff. I'm sure we could probably use Google and it'd be free, but, but <laughs> we, we pay for hey, a subscription thing. Whatever but, works, man. But anyway, but yeah, it's on there and you can put all four of our family members on it. You can put who's going and whatever, yeah. you know, and it, it does, it, it, it saves. Cause, cause I've got to do that. And then I've got through my website, uh, I power the calendar through bands in town so I can upload it to Bands in Town. It automatically goes on my website. So okay. I have yeah. my home calendar for my family and then one calendar for my online stuff. So you're doing it right then. I yeah. used to have three or four different calendars. You have to yeah. update it. It's like, it's it's just too much. Yeah, dude, that's how I am. I have, like, I have one calendar, but I have four different emails, which so is all things. <laughs> dude, when you go through my email, you've got like my oldest email yeah. that's still got some bill things, yeah. you know, and then you like, get rid of. I got my merchandise one, my booking email, yeah. my merchandise sales one. It's like, I think I just added another one. There's just a studio email too. Yeah, so it's go. like it's like. Well, let's talk about that. So you got a show coming up. Uh, we just had an amazing, huge event last uh, week, uh, week before last Friday before this past one, um, to kind of start the venue off. Hurricane Alley Live down in the yeah. East Bank, and you got a big show coming up down there. It's, I guess the 24th, I think. I, I, man, that's that's your call. Let, let me grab the old cellular device. Let's get this here. plug real quick. Let's check it out here. Let's see. Speaking of calendar. Yep, it's Thursday, March twenty fourth. Okay, and uh, it's on the new big stage there in Hurricane Alley, which is behind uh, Frozen Piro and Bojacks and all that. And uh, Steel Woods are playing, yeah. which they're one of the top Americana acts. You know, they're blowing up. Their their music's really good. It's got a rootsy just vibe to it. But uh, I'll be playing solo acoustic, opening up. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I don't know what time I'm starting, but just get down there early because it could get packed. Yeah, that's that's gonna be awesome. They're huge, and and that I mean, and you fall right in that genre too, so it works out perfect for you. Yeah, man. Like, I never realized I to call myself American. Well, I've never met an artist that called himself like so. Like, it's just interesting because you, you you're so like I said earlier, you're so well rounded, man. And listen to your music, you're like, where do, what box you put that in? I know it's Americana, but still, it's different. You know? Yeah, so like, I mean, I, I'm listing it as Americana because by when you like listeners go look up Americana music. And, you know, most people considering themselves Americana has a, a strong country to bluegrass feel. Yeah, like but, folk, even some of that in there. But, but yeah, but then you go to folk or, right, blue, or right. bluegrass. It's a mix. Yeah, it's and Americana is the blend of all those. Okay. But anybody could call herself Americana if it's, but if it's like straight country, you should just call it country. Yeah. Uh, I just, Americana, it, it gives me, if not, I have to do singer-songwriter or something. Because I was looking at, like, you look up artists like John Mayer. He's kind of folky. Yeah, where do you put him he, at? He's kind of, his looking on on Apple Music, it says rock. Well, see, but he's not. No, but he, he can play he rock. Rocks, he but, rocks, but, I mean, but, like, yeah, he's, it could be, some of it's just real pop. Mm-hmm. Some of it's blues. Some of it's, it's, it's bl- you know, but my point is, it's, it really doesn't matter, but it. It sort of does. It just depends. I mean, just finding your demographic, knowing like knowing what they like compared to you, like you know, people find that it. like. There's some country music purists that do not like rock and roll. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. Most people that like country like rock and roll, and that they or like. If you're from here, they like country and they like hardcore, like ghetto rap. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. all between. That. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's, the, how I, that's how I grew up. So. But yeah, yeah, we all did too. Yeah. But, but still, it's like. 
I like the Americana genre, and I'm going to release music under that umbrella because I get I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. And uh, when I I'm going to put out a few singles, but when I put out a whole record, uh, you'll get to see the full, well-rounded me of everything awesome. that I do. Yeah. But it's going to have a, a common thread and sound, you know. But that's my playing has a certain sound to it, and you know, there's some other great musicians that I'm going to hire and get in on my on my album. So I don't want to play everything on it. Just because I can, I want to. You know, add some different flavors and things to it, but but I'll probably play most of the instrument just because I know how I want it to feel and sound. And you know, like a a painter's not going to get another painter to paint on their painting. Cause, right. But but well, it's, music's the, a little different. Yeah, you're in a very you're you have a very like you know unique mentality where most people they're just focused on getting the song out. There. Well, as far as drums, bass, and guitar, which like the main vibe of the song, the yeah. way it grooves and feels, the way a drum beat feels, the way the bass line is going, all that, that's what I have a very strong picture of in here. And you do, and you you produce all that. Well, let's talk about this. So when you're touring, you replicate that and your band is your sister. And then who's on drums? Uh, his name's Cody Lowry. Okay, He's, so they're they're able to to yeah, your I mean, exact sound. Pretty close. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So that's yeah. that's amazing to find that where you can produce it but they well, can replicate it. When you see a Nashville act like uh in any of them that comes through an arena show, you know, yeah. those guys learn the album. They're pros. They hire people that that learn it just like the record and it feels pretty close, mm-hmm. you know. But a lot of times that artist had that studio a studio band hired for him so they didn't play all the stuff but like right. someone like like Lenny Kravitz like he plays drums and bass on all his own stuff yeah. and it feels a certain way and it's like that hit me hard a long time ago I was like you know I want I don't know I want it to sound and feel a certain way you know but I, I'm gonna have a lot of guest musicians on there because it adds a flavor all the keyboards will be played by somebody else unless there's some weird thing that I want to play but probably not I'm yeah. not but yeah, it's um, got a band practice for that stuff too. Yeah, you know what I mean to make sure the band can pull it off, sort of like the record. Uh, but I'm fortunate. I mean, my sister is a great bass player, and you get to play with family. Cody's been playing with me off and on since 2002. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Twenty Di- years. Different man. bands. Years. We've had different, a lot of different bands we've had over the years, but uh, he's still still kicking it. And then you know sometimes I have fill in drummers. It just depends. But. Uh, at what moment did you look back and say, "Okay, I'm doing this is real. I'm no more side hustles, no more nothing. Like this is it. I'm I'm going full full fledged into this, and this is what I'm gonna do for a living." Two thousand one. Two thousand one. So that, it's been that long, and you've been grinding since then. I literally, when I graduated from Catamagna High School, two thousand one. I was gonna go to Northwestern. Yeah. I didn't apply for a music scholarship in time, so they give me like the base scholarship. I was gonna be in the band playing snare drum or whatever I think I was gonna have to march you know too because yeah. you gotta start off yeah, you don't just go straight to the jazz level, band yeah. uh, and I was playing in a studio here in town that's gone it was called Deerview Studios it was out off of Leonard like LRB area okay. but uh, it's not there anymore but uh, I was playing drums with this band and Joe Nato and was they were in the front office I didn't know there and they came in there and said hey come here you wanna come in here man and they said hey I, th- I thought Joe Nader was, I mean, he was famous in, to an extent. He was on Kenny Wayne's album covers. I'd seen him play concerts, you know, whatever. And I was like, it's Joe Nader. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so anyway, I went in there and he was like, what do you think about being my drummer on tour? And I was like, being your drummer on tour? I was 17 years old. I was like, they're like, it'll pay really good too. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I've asked my mom. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So uh, we set up a meeting and my mom, we all met there and they were like, you know, we want your son's talented. We want him to come on the road with us. We think, you know, it, it would be good. And my mom's like, yeah, but, you know, uh, y'all better hurt my baby, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, but right then when I was on the road playing every weekend, making good money, I mean, all my friends had jobs. I'd make more in one gig than they'd make in the whole, like, three weeks of work. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, you know, it, I'm, it was great. I still lived at home with my parents. I'm 17 years old. And I found a way to hustle and make my living playing music the whole time. The only time I didn't play music for a living was in 06. I decided to stop and sell cars. Okay. My dad sells cars. Just randomly? just. Well, I'd moved to Nashville. Kind of burnout or something? Well, yeah, I moved to Nashville with a band, and it just it didn't work out. It, I was just the drummer in the band, yeah. so it didn't work out. I didn't want to stay in Nashville. I wanted to come back home because uh, I knew I could make real money playing gigs. And I was like, you know what, I'm just... 
had a job offer, so I went to work at Abears Town and Country for, for okay. Uh, I went to middle school with their family and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, but it, I liked it. I was getting pretty good at it for three months in training. And then I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, and then I went right back to playing music. I still ran sound for some bands and stuff like at Flanagan's and stuff like yeah. that. But, but yeah, that's pretty, an old name drop right there. I know I it. Heard that in a minute. There in the filling station and all yeah. that. But, but I pretty much in 2001, I, I knew after getting paid actual money to play music, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I never in a million years imagined it would lead me to tour with somebody like Neil McCoy. And I'll play with Casey Donahue a little bit too, yeah. uh, but to travel all over the country and in other countries and be able to do that and find a, a wife, you know, uh, and have this beautiful family and, and be able to support them playing music. And it's just, late bloomed into what was going on now me as my own entity and my brand yeah but but yeah I, I went all in from the first what do you think the most game changing moment is through this entire process on the music side for you oh uh, man and it doesn't have to be a, like game changing in, in the form of success but just like maybe in, like one thing that just sticks out when they're like, tell me a good story about something in crazy. Related, related to career stuff. Yeah. There's two things. Okay. Or, well, let's say, let's say three things. Okay. okay. The first thing is getting a tour with Joe Nato. Right. Uh, when he put his album out, it was produced by Greg Archilla who had produced Smashbox 20 and all this stuff. And he wasn't playing with Kenny Wayne Shepard anymore. But to me, they're, these are grown men. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, I don't know if they were in their 40s or 30s. I don't know how old he was. I was only 17. I was like, wow. So I got to do this. That was one thing, and it just let me know that I could actually legitimately make it a living, and I could name drop. <laughs> Not name drop, yeah. but, you know, like, no, no, yeah, hey, I'm saying, That's just on your resume. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But then I did all kinds of hustling between then right. and, like, 06. Told you I went to, went to Nashville. It didn't work out. Sold well, cars. back to that, too, by the way. Sold cars, but whenever when – I, when I, uh, after the car sales thing, uh, I got an offer. Um, do you know Cameron Michelle? Oh man, I know that name. Why well, do I know well, that name? He's a music. He's a yeah, oh, he's that's... an amazing artist. He didn't do that anymore. And okay. he, he has a he does other stuff now. But anyway, long story short, he had a band called Forever Like Red that was signed to the Echo label in the UK. Okay. He, I get a phone call from him. I don't really know him that well. He's like, hey, you want to come be in the band and tour all over Europe? So I left him, fly off to London, and live there, and. Uh, what year was this? 07. Okay. The label dropped us after, it wasn't, I mean, we wrote like an album worth of music in the rehearsal studio. We played some cool shows and stuff, but uh, that made me like see the world, mm -hmm. get out of the Shreveport mentality and like been a different country, you know, one of the biggest cities in the world. It's, you know, uh, so that would be the second thing. And the third thing would be playing with Neil McCoy. Yeah. Because he is the best entertainer ever see he's awesome he's man. funny he's awesome you don't know if you're at a, a like watching a comedian yeah. or like a circus act a cover band or this 90s country star he's just a personality and, and watching him just be himself all the time and acting silly and whatever and I realized like you know I don't have to be so serious all the time you know and like now I'm having a good time at my shows and I owe just about all of my entertainment factor to him yeah Hundred percent. He's awesome, man. He does. He does. Like he's so great about giving back to the community where he's mm -hmm. from. You know, and Trini Trigg's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. They they came. You know, he Trini's played with them all the time yeah, too. Trini's my boy. He does a great great job of doing the same thing. Yeah. Just always a good time, no matter what. Like literally, just always positive. But those are the three things. And then, like obviously, my mom and dad playing music that got me into it. You know, but I mean, there's a, I'm leaving a bunch of things out. But yeah, those are of course. not the only three things. But they were three like I was a kid in high school. Yeah, that's like in the hospitals that's and all, insane. Then all of a sudden, I'm touring as a drummer. And then, you know, I was doing all these things, had my own little bands and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this signed band living in a different country. Yeah. You know, we thought when we came home for Christmas in 07, we were going to be going on tour with Coldplay the next year. Damn. So I was like, I that made it. Insane. I only made that would have been insane. I know. I, was like, I made it. But, yeah. you know, I might be living in a van down by the river now. Yeah. If I'd done that, and I wouldn't yeah. be married to my wife and have my beautiful children, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those three things, man. Then playing with Neil McCoy, just yeah, I don't know, a million other things. But yeah, just, of course. Well, tell me about 
And first off, I need to get you. I need to get you. I just had Megan Thomas on a couple weeks ago. She's in Nashville, and she does this little segment called uh, "Man, I can't think of the name of it right now." Biscuits and something, or something. I can't remember the name of it. It's, I feel horrible, Megan. By the way, <laughs> for forgetting the name of your show, but she does a morning segment. She's a, um, a meteorologist in Nashville, right? But she also does a morning segment where she actually does an Instagram show. And she talks with uh, unsigned artists and people awesome. up and coming. Heck so I need yeah. to connect you with her. But um, awesome. I, I brought that up because uh, biscuits and jam is what's called. Okay. Excuse me, I, didn't, hey. I did not want to forget that. I felt like an you asshole. got it. Um, <laughs> but she had recently had uh, Olivia Harms on, who's a guest of mine, uh, probably a month or two ago, and I saw her out. And I was like, well, she's awesome. She's helping these local artists, and she has her own no profit and all that. But uh, brings me back to Nashville. So so what happened there? Because I've only been to Nashville once, and um, I got a bad taste in my mouth because I just went full on tourist route and I shouldn't have yeah. you know what I mean Yeah. but like I see so many I can see where so many people go there to make it and literally just just fall into that those playing those on the strip there and literally doing not much else you know and just end up playing not being able to promote their own songs and playing cover songs the whole time and everyone's so drunk in there you know you can't really express your talent you know to the right pool of people there's a way to do it but I mean like like I was saying before if you're putting the positive energy out there and you're being your best self and doing working harder than anybody else mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you're it'll at it'll shine through it'll shine yeah. through but the thing is about Nashville is like whatever restaurant you go play here or, or we don't have as many venues like when you go walk up down Broadway in Nashville every venue has a stage with a mm-hmm. decent PA and some lights the stage may be right by the door when you walk in like it is at Noble Savage yeah. you know or it might be a big stage you know but, but still it's you know, and now every country artist has their own bar. Yeah, they have their own bars but, now. Yeah, I noticed that but, too. But, you know, cool, good, good for them. But but the whole point is, like, it's to play covers, and occasionally they'll throw in an original, you right. know, but it's to, enter, to entertain the people who want to go to Music City and hear country music. Yeah. But it's, you're not going to make the kind of money. You're going to, my friends that, that gig up there on Broadway, I have friends that do it. When they're not on tour with a big artist, they'll, do it. And it's fun to go down and jam and sit in. Yeah. Like every time I go, I'll jam with people. I have friends that are playing. I'll right. play something, whatever. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fish up there competing for the same. That's what stuff. I'm saying, man. Like and, all in one, well, all in one small pond. You know what I mean? And it can be pretty pretentious up there. But like I have friends that have record deals that are signed up there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my buddy Dan Smalley. You know? Yeah, him? yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known him since forever. But you know what I'm saying? But he made a million trips up there writing songs, got a publishing deal, singing on demos, and then got a big record deal, and now is in a different record deal. He's actually playing here this this weekend, I think, somewhere. Okay. Thanks. Don't quote me on that. But, <laughs> but anyway, my, my point is, you know, then I have other friends, like, do you know who Matthew Davidson is? No, I don't. He was like the 12-year-old guitar whiz kid here in town, like, He's over 21 now, but my point is, he started playing. And I think I, yeah, I think I did see him somewhere. Yeah, but, I, but, I, he, but I didn't know his name. He no. went to Belmont for okay. college there in Nashville and got a, a degree in, in music and like business, probably or whatever. But uh, now he tours with Travis Denning, okay. who was up and coming country artist. Had a, he's had a, I think he's had a number one. He's had some hits, but he's literally playing arenas. You know what I'm saying? But he played on Broadway three or four nights a week two or three times each night when he was in school yeah. and still he still goes and does those gigs when he's when he's off so th- there's a there's a networking thing to it but then there's the whole other side the business side of it where people are writing songs and pitching them to artists and they're trying to get their machine going and cook out more artists and more hits you know but it's it's it comes down to who you know I mean I don't know that I want to live there because right now my, my main living is made from playing live shows right I sell merchandise online and, you know, uh, different things. And you can invest your money. You know, but you can you'd be a garbage man and invest money in something else. You yeah. know, there's whatever it is you want to do to make money for your family. But uh, I don't know that I want to live in Nashville. I mean, I like co-writing with guys. I, I go up and make some trips and co-write and do stuff. But I don't know that Shreveport would be my forever, ever, ever home. But I have family here. I'll probably always have some kind of piece of property here. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, we're right by Texas. Yeah. Literally. A lot closer to Texas. <laughs> and real people want to hear real music yep. all the time. Yep. I'm telling you. It, you know, it, it's 
Shreveport doesn't have a lot of venues set up. Yeah, that's the problem. That's it's not it's not that the talent's not here or the, the audience isn't here. It's that yeah. the event spaces aren't here. They don't that's exactly, why, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited about, you know, what Bo and them are doing yep. down there and we are going to play. Because it's huge. <clears throat> because it's huge and it's something we've needed forever. And um, it's sustainable in that area and the area that's up and coming and that's going to always stay nice. You know, everything's kind of just fell, yeah. fell in on this side of the mm-hmm. river, unfortunately. So, But, yeah, man. Still no, it's still good. We're good. Oh, okay. We're good. <laughs> I never, you never know with the phones, man. I, I, I do my Facebook lives. I'm like, I'm trying to use the good camera, you know, and I'm like, I can't see myself on it though. So I keep an iPad down there. I'm like, looking okay. I guess it's still working. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's rolling. But I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, we could keep going and going, yeah. but like, I mean, we're at over an hour now, so we'll go ahead and wrap this thing yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything, last words, any plugs you want to put out there? Oh, I mean, not really. I appreciate you having me on here. And, yeah. Uh, Find you on social media. Yeah, I'm on everything. Jimmy Wooten, J M M Y, and Wooten W O O T E N. Just I'm on everything. Uh, you know, at Jimmy Wooten Music on on Facebook. It's like, follow, Instagram. Yeah. You know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. What everything you can Google my name. You'll find you'll find my stuff. But uh, I'm always out playing somewhere and doing something and. I've been a little bit of a slow break on some of the social media stuff. I'm going to still post stuff weekly, but I haven't been doing as much stuff like this where I would go live and just talk to people or play. But I'm going to start doing a little more of that. You yeah. know, lots yeah, of big like, things in store. I like it, man. I like the feel of it. I like what you're doing. <clears throat> That's I, I feel like an asshole for not even reaching out. But it's honest, <laughs> it's one of those things, man. You get in the groove of things, and like I had to see you in person and be like, damn, I really need to get him on because I see he's doing things. And also... I like this music, so like well, I gotta, I can't just have someone on just because they're doing this. Like I, I gotta be somehow connected yeah, to have a conversation I that I give a shit, you know, about you know. But yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate. Anytime it. I do it again, sometime we, we didn't even talk about everything we talked about. I know. We'll have to get back. We'll, we'll have a round two for sure. Let's do a round two. All right, man.